Amen. So this is the second week in our mini-series that we've entitled together, Like a Child. We're doing it every time that there's a dedication over the summer. We're taking a break from our current series to look at something slightly different. And if you remember our last dedication, we opened up the Bible and looked at a number of different scriptures together. But really where we started and where we focused really was on the passage in Mark chapter 10, where we saw parents bringing their children to Jesus so that he could bless them. And for whatever reason, the disciples were a little bit indignant about this, and they tried to keep the children from Jesus. But Jesus said, no, 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 let the children come to me. And he went further than that, and he said, unless we learn how to receive the kingdom of God like a child, we will never enter it. So we're taking some time out over this dedication season to look at some of the attributes of God, look at and understand that, who God is, through the eyes of a child and looking at the perspective of God from a child. Last time, if you remember, we spent some time looking at the goodness of God together and we entitled it, My God is For Me. I want to remind you today, before we get into our next subject and we open up this together today, that there is a God in heaven who is a good God and he is for you. He's not like some overbearing dad on the sidelines of a football match shouting and hollering at us in order to try and get us to do better. He is a good father who loves us with an everlasting love. And this week, with the words of Jesus once again ringing in our ears... I want us to focus on this next attribute together this morning. You know, it's so important that we grasp this because as Christians, we are called to have a childlike faith. We're not called to be childish. There are plenty of Christians who have interpreted this idea of a childlike faith as to be childish over the course of history. We are called to be mature Christians. And it doesn't mean that we shouldn't have intellect and we shouldn't have understanding But we are called to trust and to believe in God as pure as a child does. Today I want to focus together just briefly on the presence of God, what it means that God is present with us. The theological term, which is often branded about by theologians, is the omnipresence of God, meaning that he is everywhere. He is here right now. As we gather together today in this building, we don't just gather as people, we gather together in the presence of God. But not only is God here right now with us, he is also present in Peru. He's also present in China. He's also present in Africa. He's present everywhere all of the time. But a child may put it like this. My God is with me. You see, although it is absolutely true that right now, everywhere, every second, God is absolutely present everywhere, he is also very personal. My God is with me me. And presence, especially to a child, really, really matters. Every morning when our children were a little bit younger, the same routine tended to play out in our house every single day. We would get up, we would go downstairs, and we would have breakfast together. And once breakfast was nearly finished, we would say, right kids, it's time for you to go upstairs now and to get dressed. But for some reason, our two boys didn't want to go upstairs on their own. They would always wait exactly for the other person to finish their breakfast in order to go together. And no matter how many times we would say to our kids, right, you've got to go and get dressed. We need to get out of the house 
for school. And whatever tone of voice that we use, whether it was a nice loving tone or that kind of harsher parent tone, it didn't really matter. There was no budging them until the other one was finished. And, you know, I don't believe that they were being deliberately naughty or disobedient. They simply did not want to be alone. They wanted the presence and the reassurance of the another one with them. Presence to a child really matters. And as we focus on what the presence of God really means together this morning, we're going to once again be opening up a number of different scriptures. And what I want us to see today is that not only is God a good God and he is for me, not only is God omnipresent, meaning that he is everywhere, but much more than that, God is personally with me. And the first place I want to take us together this morning is to the book of Isaiah, chapter 41 and verse 10. And this is what it says. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you, I will help you, I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. The command of scripture is do not fear. Why? Because I am with you. The fact of the matter is that whatever comes our way, however uncertain the future may feel or seem, and let's face it, at times at the moment, the future feels uncertain, no matter how rocky tomorrow may look. We don't have to be afraid if we have that childlike faith which tells us that God is always with us. And when you really do believe that God is always with you, when you are able to really internalize that, and that becomes a truth which is not just an intellectual fact that you learn uh, during your, your Christian life, suddenly it can begin to give you a whole different confidence in life, not to worry as much, because suddenly you realize that the God of heaven and the God of earth is really with you. And his plans are for good and not for evil. evil. Hebrews 13 verses 5 and 6 says this, Keep your life free from the love of money and be content with what you have. For he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we, if we're a Christian and we have faith in Jesus, can confidently say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? The problem is, though, that many of us face, even those who would be here today and may call themselves committed Christians, is that although we're aware of this truth, although that we might even say we believe this truth, the truth is we don't really believe that truth. Although we might say that we believe it, often our actions and our attitudes don't match up. And what we need to understand when we begin to think about this, in order to help us internalize this, and it become not just intellectual fact, but real heart knowledge, is really the way that God is with us has changed over the course of history. So if we were to look back at the Old Testament, for example, when we read in the Old Testament, God saying, I am with you, what God is effectively saying is, I am by your side, and I am for you. In the New Testament, though, this idea of God being with us takes on a whole different dimension. You see, in the New Testament, we see Jesus come, who is also given the name Emmanuel, which means God with us. So when we read these words in John 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word became flesh 
and dwelt among us, suddenly this idea of the presence of God opens up and becomes totally different. God dwelt with his people. He wasn't just on their side anymore. He was physically present in the person of Jesus. And then we see in Scripture that Jesus was crucified on the cross, and then he was raised to life and went back to heaven. And the Bible tells us at this point, Jesus did not leave us as orphans. In fact, before he went back to heaven, he promised that he was going to send his spirit, who would not merely be a physical presence with us, but would literally dwell within us. You see, the promise for the Christian is that because God dwells within us, he will never leave us nor forsake us. So we can be a people today who confidently proclaim, my God is with me. So what I want to do this morning very briefly is ask the question together, if the Bible tells us that God is always with us, he's everywhere, but personally he's with each and every one of us, how can we make sure that we are always with him? How can we make sure that we're enjoying time in the presence of a God who is for us, who loves us, has plans and purposes for our life, and wants the best for us? Because let's be honest, the problem is that life happens. The cares of the world get in the way. And although the promise is that God is always with us, although the promise is that God will never leave us nor forsake us, so often we can forget about God's. In the midst of life, in the midst of hardship, in the midst of trouble, we often find ourselves feeling incredibly distant from him. I wonder how many people can relate to that this morning, particularly over the season that we've been in, where we haven't been able to gather as church, where things have been totally and utterly disorientated. How many of us can say today, do you know what? There have been times where I have felt incredibly distant from God. If I'm being honest today, I can tell you that's exactly where I've been at times over the last two years. And if I, as the pastor of a church, feel like that, I think I think the reality is we've all felt in those positions at times. The very first thing that I want to encourage us to do today, if we want to be a people who not only believe that God is always with us, but actually we know that we are always with him, is simply to talk to God. That is the very first step. Prayer is something that if we're honest as Christians, we find incredibly difficult, don't we? That's why the prayer meeting is often the least well-attended meeting that any church puts on. By the way, there's one tomorrow at 7 o'clock here if you want to come along to it. We meet in the youth centre. We'd love to see you there. But the problem is the prayer meeting is the thing which often is the least attended thing because if we're honest, we don't really know how to pray a lot of the time. People give us bad news. People say, can you pray for me? And we're thinking to ourselves, oh my goodness, I just don't have the words for this. And As a result of that, we get worried that our words are not going to be adequate enough. And sometimes, let's be honest, we can be praying with other people. And we've all been in those prayer meetings, haven't we, where there's that prayer who prays with these elaborate words and they use these these and the thous and they're coming up with all kinds of things from Scripture. And we're sitting there thinking to ourselves, oh my goodness, I can't pray like that. So I'm just not going to bother. I don't know what it might be for you that stops you praying. I don't know what it might be for you which stops you really connecting. But 
If we want to be a people who really understand the presence of God in our life every minute of every day, communication with God is of vital importance. Let's bring it down to a really basic level for a minute. Psalm 54 verse 2 says this, Hear my prayer, O God, listen to the words of my mouth. Prayer is simply talking to God. David's plea in this particular passage is that God listens to the words of his mouth. You may well say, well, what am I actually supposed to talk to God about? Paul puts it like this in Philippians 4 verse 6, be anxious for nothing, but in all things through prayer, supplication, and with thanksgiving, make your requests known unto God. What does Paul therefore say that we should pray about? Everything. He says, stop worrying about everything and pray about everything. What then does that include? Pray about your shopping. Pray about your finances. Pray about your family. Pray about your job. Pray about your school. Pray about your pets. Pray about your day. Pray about tomorrow. Pray about everything. Tell God what you need. Talk to God because he is with you. Thank him for all that he has done in your life. And then verse 7 of Philippians chapter 4 says this, after you've prayed, the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind. How do we draw close to God who is always with us? The very first thing that we need to learn to do better is to talk to him. And you know what? Let's bring it down to a basic level. If you don't get into these habits, and this is hard for you. Simply do what David did. Listen to the words of my mouth. Talk to him, as the scriptures tell us. The second thing that we need to do, if we're going to be a people who are not only know that God is with us, but we are also with him, is to listen to him. Deuteronomy chapter 30 and verse 20 says this, that you may love the Lord your God, listen to his voice. And hold fast to him, for the Lord is your life. A lot of Christians, and I wonder if you can relate to this, may well say, well, do you know what? I've never really heard the voice of God in my life. I wonder if the problem is that at times we're not really listening, or we haven't really gained a correct understanding of how God speaks to us. There are times in the Bible when we see God speaking to his people with an audible voice. And you know what? I do believe that God still speaks to people in an audible voice today. But more than that, God speaks in a variety of other ways. And the best and the most obvious way that God speaks to us today is through his words. I promise you, if you can form some good Bible reading habits, if you begin to really get into the Bible and not simply leave it on your shelf, God will speak to you. I guarantee it. If you don't believe me, my challenge today is to simply try it. Challenge yourself to read the Bible daily for the next month and see what happens. Many of us, again, if we're honest, will say, do you know what? I just don't have the time to read the Bible every day. And you know, I've made those excuses for myself in the past, but what I've realized about my own life is when I examine my days, when I really examine my days, even my busiest days, there's a lot of wasted time that goes about in my days, whether that's binging out in front of the TV or playing computer games or whatever it might be, being on social media, there is always time, if I'm honest, where I could open up the Word of God. 
And for me, one of the great helps over my life has really been looking at the resources that are out there. And one of the things I'd really recommend to you is to download a YouVersion Bible app. And on that, there are a whole bunch of resources which can help you to get into the Bible. Daily reading is helping you where to start. And that's not the only thing. There are loads of things. And here is the thing. The more we do it, the more we'll begin to hear the voice of God. We read these words in Psalm 119. Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. If you want to experience a relationship with God, and if you want to know truly the God who is always with you, get into the Word, because that is the primary way that he speaks. Of course, it's not the only way. Another way that God speaks to us is through his people. If you want to hear God's voice, gather regularly with the people of God. He might give you wisdom through a friend or a fellow believer. He might speak directly into your situation through them. God speaks to us as well through his Holy Spirit. That's why we like to take time on a Sunday morning to offer ministry time and to pray for people and allow people to bring and share words that they believe that God might be saying to them. As a Christian, you are spiritually connected to God. And as a result, his spirit speaks internally within us. And he prompts us and he guides us. He sometimes may speak through visions and pictures as well. And let me give you a real simple, practical way if you are here today and you're saying to yourself, do you know what, I don't think I ever really hear God's voice. Today, or the next time that you pray, simply ask God this question. God, who do you want me to pray for today? And then shut up and listen. And what I believe generally happens when I do this is that names will start popping into my head who God wants me to pray for today. God gives me direction. And I want to encourage you to try this, and then I want to challenge you as well. Not only simply ask God the question, who do you want me to pray for, but then text that person or contact that person and say, hey, I believe God might have put me on your, you on my heart today. What can I be praying for you for? And then see what a blessing that unleashes, not only on you, but on the people around you who God has laid upon your heart. You know, the longer we walk with God, the more that we begin to realize that God is with us. And when we begin to realize that he is with us, we don't just talk to him, but we begin to listen to him too. Isaiah 30 and 21 says this, whether you turn to your right or to your left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. I wonder what God might be saying to you today as we sit here and as we think and we ponder on these things together today. I wonder even now if God is beginning to give you a word of knowledge or a scripture or a picture. We're going to give some opportunity to share a bit later. But thirdly, if we want to be a people who realize that God is not simply just with us, but we are with him, we need to learn to receive from God as well. But let's face it again, the problem with a lot of adults is that we don't really know how to receive from God. In fact, at times we're not very good at receiving from anyone. We can have an attitude, can't we? I will help you, but I won't ask for help from you when I need it. Or I'll give to you. I'll be generous to you, but I don't want you to give back to me in any way, shape, or form because, hey, I'm not a charity case. How does a child receive? If you want to know how a child receives, you want to come to my house one Christmas morning. 
where the presents are being opened, opened and opened. My children, they're so quick at opening presents, I mean, you wouldn't believe it. And they go from one present to the next, and they're asking, where's the next one coming from? Where's my next present? Where's my next one? Because they're just so excited, and they're in the moment, and they're receiving, and they're receiving. And having a childlike faith being, means being willing to be open to receiving from God. So what will we receive from God who says, I am always with you? What does God give us when he is present? God's presence gives us courage when we're afraid. We read these words in Psalm 23. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. God's presence gives us strength when we are weak. God's presence gives us rest when we are weary. So there may well be some here today who are feeling tired, worn out, burnt out. And today God is saying to you, come to me and receive from me. Find rest for your souls. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. God's presence gives you comfort when you are hurting. The Bible describes God as the God of all comfort. We read these words in Isaiah 66 and verse 13. As a mother comforts her child, so I will comfort you. No one comforts like a mum, do they? And in the middle of that comfort, we catch a glimpse of a God who is present, and his presence comforts us when we're in need. The final thing that I want to briefly touch on this morning as we talk about the presence of God is this. The fact that God is always with us means that we get to enjoy God. We get to enjoy his presence. How many of us, I wonder, realize that doing stuff with others is so much more enjoyable than doing it on our own? I love going to the football, and I would quite happily go and watch the football on my own, but I'll tell you what, I'd much rather do it with my mate, analyzing every passing kick and everything which is happening, shouting a little bit of the referee together. That's when it becomes fun. I love going off on an adventure. I love just going off, not really having a plan and exploring new places, trying new things. But I tell you what, it's so much more fun when I get to do it with my friends. And when we realize that God is with us in every area of our life, it gives us the ability to enjoy life in a whole different dimension. Let me give you an example from Scripture. Psalm 16 and verse 11 says this, You will show me the way of life, granting me the joy of your presence and the pleasures of living with you forever. I wonder this morning, can you utter those words of truth for yourself? That I was filled with delight day after day because the presence of God is with me. Today, you can have a moment where you realize that God is with you. You can talk to him just as you talk to a friend. You can have a moment where you listen to God and you hear his voice speaking directly to you. Today, you can know the presence of God in your life in such a way that it might give you courage or confidence or comfort or strength. And today, if you can have a moment with God where he says, I am always with you, maybe you can have a minute with God. And if you can have a minute with God, maybe you can have an hour with God. And if you can have an hour with God, maybe you can have a day with God. And if you can have a day with God, maybe you can have a week 
with God. You see where I'm going with this. My point is this this morning. The promise of God is that he will never leave you nor forsake you. God is always there. Sometimes he may feel distant, but it hasn't changed the truth that he is still there and he is still with us. And the promise of Scripture is that when we draw close to God, he draws close to us. So the question that I finished with this morning is that if we're honest, if we're truly honest, and we think about these things for ourselves, have we got our priorities right in life? Are we looking to spend time with this God who loves you and wants the best for you and wants that relationship with you? Or have we allowed the cares of this world to get in the way? We're going to...